This is Vibrations, a podcast from TMC. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Vibrations, a TMC podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks again for tuning in to some more thought leadership from the TMC team. If you're tapping into this episode, it's actually part two of a three-part series with Ahmad Bayat. He's president of Vibro Acoustic Consultants and Mike Georgialis. He's North American sales manager with TMC. Now, if you missed parts one uh, of this three-part conversation, then probably time to go check out part one first before you tap into the rest of the show. Now, if you are all caught up, then perfect. Make sure that you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for the final part of this as well, and head to techmfg.com for more supporting content. Now, in our last episode, we laid the foundation for the challenges that our customers uh, and their various industries face in isolating sources of vibration, and we also analyzed how it impacts their research-heavy work. With today's episode, we're diving into the meat of the life sciences case study that we teased in the last episode, and we're also going to be getting some perspective on support roles that both TMC and VACC see themselves playing in reducing vibration and building noise for fine-tuned research and mission-critical industries. So let's go ahead and jump into part two with Mike and Ahmad. Without further ado, now what I want to do is get y'all's perspective on, I guess, how you each view your roles in supporting this industry. You already teased out, uh, you know, some of the specific technologies and tools that you offer. And again, our audience most likely is already familiar with these, at least at a base level. Uh, but I want to hear from you, right? How you view your role. So we'll start with TMC. So Mike, how does TMC view its role in supporting the life sciences industry or more specifically, uh, you know, cryoelectron microscopy research, Give us your perspective. Yeah, uh, TMC is a company that is a company of engineers. Everybody at TMC loves to solve problems, and we're the kind of folks that like to work with our customers to understand their problems. And we view ourselves as somebody the customer can come to with their challenging applications, and we're going to listen, and we've seen a lot of it before, and we're going to work with you to figure it out. Uh, because I think one of the things that we do best is we manufacture in the United States and we have all of our engineering and sales and all of our activities occur out of one headquarters building just north of Boston. And I think that positions us in a, in a, in a unique position to be able to react uh, quickly to things that customers may need that may be, that may be new, that may be unexpected. And we're able to create extremely complex and customized vibration control systems. So I think the industry views our role as part of this ecosystem as the guys that you come to when you've got a vibration problem and you need some sort of uh, vibration mitigation system and you know it's going to be a tough one to build, you know it's a challenging vibration problem, you know you need the best performance, and you know you want to talk to somebody that is going to do as much as they possibly can to come up with uh, that design that's going to solve your problem. All right, now I'm going to pose the same question to Ahmad. Ahmad, how do you see VACC playing an essential role? Or I guess, 
let me rephrase that. How do you see VACC's role in supporting this industry, right? What role do you think you play and why? Yeah, this is a very good question. And and uh, when we contrast, I mean, what My Michael mentioned from the technology and, and product point of view, I do appreciate that because I remember uh, working with TMC on just a, your rigid platform and people don't realize uh, that there's a lot of experience and lessons learned and, and analysis and background behind a technology. Something didn't just show up, you know, in one day. It, it takes years of learning and going back to the board and refining and so forth. So I was analyzing your rigid platform, actually, the composite sections and all the glues and all the all the components back then, you know, 20 some years ago and and recognize the value of all of those because, um, you know, um, Daniel, basically, a lot of times when we talk about vibration, it's a, a bit like a black box for a, a lot of the industry uh, stakeholders, you know, the scientists, uh, even the engineers, mechanical, and so forth. But I try to unravel that a little bit, you know, uh, out of, you know, bring it out of the mystery and make it more, more uh, tangible, you know, more understandable for everybody. And, and what that basically is that, uh, obviously when we talk about vibration, we are talking about waves traveling in material. And, 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 and so, you know, you, there's an energy, you know, we all understand earthquakes, you know, earthquakes generate explosion at their fault and, and the waves get generated and those waves are traveling in soil and then they come to the structures and shake the structure and interact and all that. It's very much similar thing. It's just we have a lot more than just one earthquake in our world where we have sources of shaking and, and generating those waves. And those waves are traveling in our soil from the surrounding environment and, and our structures. And so there's a lot of interactions going on. And the resulting is now we are trying to protect a super sensitive, I, I, you know, um, uh, component to do a, an operation. So, so that is where, you know, things like that didn't happen on, at my end also overnight. Uh, in my past life, I, I was for eight years designing nuclear power plants. And, and then I appreciated a lot of these complex time histories and waveforms that were affecting some of the components within the reactor vessel, nozzles, uh, ASME, you know, components, pumps, and so forth. I started appreciating how all of those interactions happen and when I moved into about 30 years ago into a micro vibration world, it took me a while to adjust myself to this small scale movements. People talk about damping, people talking about isolation, people talk about all these different components of it, but, but globally to get a comprehension of this whole affair and, and, and try to put your arm, I always say as an engineer, try to put your arm around the problem. <laughs> where you feel like you've covered the whole thing, you, there's no stone unturned. It's not that easy and it doesn't happen overnight. So what I basically look at it is that my background really is all about dynamics structure. My master thesis was 
soil structure dynamics and interaction. So it, it took me about 40 plus years to get where I am in, 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 in appreciating the, this complexity. That's the very first thing I always say that you need to understand the problem. That's half of your solution is, is how well you understand the problem. The other half is really bringing in the right solutions. And, and, and in this particular case, we are talking about solutions that we brought engineering design from facility structural foundation to product that is technology-based, is an active isolator to, to create that solution uh, at the end. So now let's unify these two perspectives, right? VACC brings that building level engineering approach. TMC brings a more granular vibration cancellation and isolation technology. I know that's an oversimplification, but you know we'll, we'll just go with that, right? Why is a joint solution needed in the first place, right? Why doesn't either like totally encapsulate the one singular solution? And how do you see that joint collaboration uh, you know, actually being beneficial for the client? Uh, if, you know, if so, I assume yes, but, you know, I'll give you all the room to speak on it. Yeah, this is, this is a great uh, question to segue ourselves into this problem of the cancer research facility. So I can set the problem, you know, so that your audience would appreciate the challenge. So three universities in Oregon, they, they were donated a, a land right by the riverbed uh, in, in the heart of Portland, and, and they basically, they had a donated land and they collectively decided that they want to create a coll um, collaborative, you know, facility to house a, a cancer research scientist and his team from Lawrence Livermore National Lab to this facility. And, and, and so they basically said, we want to make this happen. The, the, how the problem is set up here, that's very important for everybody to realize that when we looked at the site, this site basically was very noisy site. There were a lot of uh, uh, surrounding activities uh, uh, besides the, the railroad tracks, uh, highways, and, uh, and, and then uh, construction staging facility where they were, they were operating heavy construction equipment uh, that could, could last for 20 years, they, we were told. So basically, it, it, when I looked at and evaluated the environment, the environment came out at as 2,000 micro inches per second environment as is. So that's your starting point. <laughs> and, 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 and on top of that, which was very important with all these activities, a lot of them, the nature of them are transient, what we, what we basically call transient, unstable. They come and go. And, and, and so you could be there for two minutes and you see this spike that even takes your environment to 5,000 or even higher. And, and, and so you had this unstable and transient background on top of a steady state 2,000 micro inch per second. And, and my challenge was to bring this as environment to 50 micro inches per second. That was the criteria for, for the cancer research lab to operate at. So you could see that there is a there is a factor of huge orders of magnitude for us to achieve, and usually, usually when we look at these sort of facilities, we want to have an environment that it starts with 20, 30 micro inches per second, so that I could build upon that with my facility sources and get 50. 
So is, this is a completely backward. So, so on, on paper, you want to say that this is impossible to do. Basically, you can't get that noisy side and, and make it this quiet. It just can't happen. You know, I, I, I have this thing that I always have learned in my professional career that I say that in engineering world, there's nev you never say never. There's for any challenging problem, there's always equal opportunity that you could recognize, realize, and take advantage of to solve the problem. And that's exactly what happened here. When I inherited the problem and I looked at it, and there were opportunities on the structural foundation side that I could reduce that 2,000 to perhaps something around 200. But basically, that was it. Beyond that, I had no other external solution to bring that vibration to 50. And, and the second recognition was that, oh, we have a, an amazing opportunity here to, to bring in TMC active cancellation system and, and, and place the tools on top of that. And that did two things for me. Not only it brought the two, 200 below 50 microinch per second, but I think I always try to emphasize this, which is very important. Those transient spikes that happen in, in an environment that is unstable, in, which is our case, there is no easy way of structurally to solve those. You cannot get a structure to react to a, a transient. Transient comes, it just passes through. But an active system can create that cancellation and additional stability that's needed. Because imagine that tool, you know, that cryo temp that is operating on top of the active, it needs a stable environment. You cannot allow that, you know, they could be doing an experiment that it lasts milli or microsecond. So for them, that microsecond is the entire universe. And you cannot allow that microsecond to be tainted or contaminated by, by a transient activity. And, and so to me, what TMC brought to the table, it not only was taking that 200 to below 50, but also addressing that transient activity that there is really no easy solution external in, 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 the, in the foundation and the structural system. Well, Amon, thanks for teeing us up on the actual research there and the case study for today. We're going to dig deeper here. Now, uh, so again, Cancer Research Lab, both of your companies worked on this. And as we dig deeper, I want to make sure folks uh, also know that we have a very complete and robust document that's going to get a little more granular than we can get on a podcast today. And it's probably easier to digest some of that granular, uh, you know, information and specifics of the project. So if you want some of that, we're going to link it in the podcast description below. You can also go to our website, techmfg.com slash learning, and you can find it there under our white papers on the Cancer Research Lab, but probably easiest way will be click on the link below. So again, new lab set for construction on donated land with these three universities and that surrounding industrial activity and just sort of general commotion uh, in the surrounding environment posed a rather challenging micro vibration problem to solve. So you uh, began your research about the area, you know, around the construction site before you actually began. Uh, what would you say was the most difficult aspect to solve and why? And how did your research help inform 
the right solution, right? I guess help connect the dots between the the pre-process and the actual process itself. Yeah, yeah, and and this yeah again, if yeah, I mentioned something on, on any challenging problem, at least in my experience, uh, it's become my motto that uh, there are equal opportunities. It's just really for us to realize, and so we basically actually had um, you know once we looked at this problem and 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 being a site at riverbed basically soil side of it is really where it 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 dawned on me on the solutions that is really in this facility is one of a kind in the world to my knowledge there is no such solution out there that you know we had to come up for this and and, and so so the, the 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 setting is that there is a 30 foot soil layer, literally fill layer, like there are engine parts, like people just throw historically anything there to fill that that top soil. Uh, so there's a 30 foot of that sitting on a literally a, 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 an 80 foot or so of jelly, really soft mud. Uh, and then below that, about 100 feet or so, we have really good soil. So think about it that it's a rough neighborhood in that 30 foot soil layer. And a lot of people like commotion is happening and creating all kinds of transient and steady vibration. And, 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 and but when you go deeper, there is basically a, a really good soil. So, so we basically experimented, um, you know, by asking the, the, uh, the construction folks to drill two piles for us. One was a pile that was uh, uh, completely isolated from that 30 foot and going to deeper 100 feet soil uh, and embedded into that. And then another one was engaging that uh, 30 foot soil. So we ran an experiment just to recognize that there is really an opportunity if you can create a situation where you are not, you are isolated from that 30 foot soil. And that is where this whole concept of what we did for this facility came up, where, you know, based on that experimental study we did between the two piles, we recognized that we could potentially, if we isolate our lab floor from that 30-foot soil layer, we could gain about a factor of 10, bringing that 2,000 microinch per second down to 200. And, uh, and, and, you know, this is a counterintuitive. Usually I do not like to introduce islands, but it, it basically was a, a, a concept of what if I create a lab that is an island, completely isolated from this soil, surrounding soil, and supported by that 100 feet good soil below, I do gain a factor of 10. And, and literally, that's the concept that ended up implemented. So we, we literally had to dig a trench 18 inch wide all around this lab floor and, and, and put our lab floor, which was about 10 million pounds of soil, uh, on top of uh, about 57 columns, uh, I think, or, or I'm sorry, uh, piles, all uh, in, you know, directly attached to that 100 feet deep soil. And, 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 and this concept of island was created and we'll dig into a little bit more there uh, because it does, uh, uh, when you create that sort of situation, you create additional dynamic complications that do, did happen for this. 
you know, imagine you have uh, even you have 57 piles supporting 10 million pounds of soil, you know, at 100 feet tall. It this like is like similar to a light pole where you could look at a light pole that is just completely vibrating. You know, I created basically a resonator uh, uh, that I didn't want to, but that I had I had no choice. And, and, and so we had to go that way and stabilize it and then bring in TMC to take us from that lab floor of 200 down to below 50. And the, the, the solution worked. The, the, the facility is operating successfully and, and we are very proud of it because it is one of a kind way to do. We, we, we don't usually go that route, but this was the only opportunity to solve this problem in this project. Yeah, I really enjoyed working on this white paper and learning a little bit more about the building design that Ahmad's company and Ahmad came up with because uh, it's it's really is a unique uh, building. It, when you translate that and what the challenge Ahmad was working with, when you think about from a world of vibration, we like to break things down into springs. And everything you put on something becomes a spring. Everything you stack on something becomes a spring. And you're building everything up as springs. So when you look at what Ahmad built, uh, he had a layer of 30-foot soil, and that's a giant springy spring that's just going to introduce all this vibration. Then you had another 80 feet of soil that was another spring. So you had these two springy layers of soil on each other. And if you tried to build a building just on that, there's no possible way it would work. And another thing I learned was the influence of the water flowing. A lot of the vibration that it was measuring was just from the motion of the water of the river that was being absorbed in these two giant spongy springs. And that's what made it such a bad environment. So when Ahmad designed the pylon uh, design to create an island and go down to the good soil, he bypassed those two springs. He was able to get lower vibration. And then, of course, uh, you know, brought in TMC, we got him the rest of the way. And so it, it became something that, that's a very, very interesting and unique uh, design in a very, very bad environment. So uh, so I think that a lot a lot of interesting uh, uh, innovations were involved in the solution and the building of this, this building. And with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up part two of this three-parter. We do have one more episode with Ahmad and Mike coming where we'll wrap our conversation with some actionable vibration control strategies for our audience, as well as put more of a focus on why collaboration between companies like TMC and VACC elevate the quality of solutions that we can actually offer to our customers' industries. Till then, make sure that you're heading to our website, techmfg.com and make sure that you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so you're fully tapped into future episodes and caught up with previous conversations. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Vibrations, a TMC podcast. <laughs>